Hey everybody, welcome back to the Outcomes Rocket. Sal Marquez here. And today I have Natalie Davis on the podcast. She is the Chief Executive Officer and Co-Founder of United States of Care. And for nearly two decades, she's been shaping and implementing American healthcare policies to improve the lives of all people. In 2018, she and a fellow national healthcare leader, Andy Slavitt, launched the United States of Care to ensure that everyone in the country has access to quality, affordable health care, regardless of health status, social need, or income. And she's driving results through her work there. Natalie, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. And so before we get into the work that you guys do, really kind of focused around value-based care and access, I'd love to just learn more about what got you into healthcare. Yeah, thank you. It's, I think like for many people in healthcare, perhaps in the rearview mirror, it looks like a clean story. But for me, I came to Washington, D.C. after college. My husband was start, starting law school to become an immigration attorney, though he's now a stay-at-home dad for our family. Um, <laughs> nice. And thankfully. And I came actually really hoping I was going to be in working in museums and be a museum curator. And I've always been fascinated with the idea of society and the individual and how those interact. And then how does that show up through art and came here and found it very hard to get a job in the nation's capital with the most amazing museums. I found it hard to get a job in museums, but knew I was at a crossroads in my career and really thinking through how can I keep my kind of creative spirit, my entrepreneurial spirit, my desire for making people's lives better through understanding the individual and society and found my way into healthcare through a temp agency that saw my interests in anorexia and bulimia and depression and all of that as healthcare. And I didn't realize yeah. that those were healthcare. I thought that was like the individual leading their life, but it's been, it's been, I'm so thankful that this is where I ended up because it is one of the most important parts of the human being experience is the health or um, that you have the ability to try to be as healthy as you possibly can and to have that so you can make it through the world and the best life you can. And so I find that how I ended up in healthcare allows me to have a different look at healthcare policy, especially in a city that's so focused on policy and politics. And for me, it really comes down to are the policies we're passing when they're out in the wild, do they actually make a difference in people's lives? I was there in the Obama administration. We worked on healthcare.gov. And I saw firsthand when something a policy isn't implemented well, that it can't make the difference that it needs. And so when we turned around healthcare.gov, it really was a lesson for me and the importance of implementation. And then when Andy Slavitt was the administrator and I was his right-hand advisor going across the country and talking to people from all different parts of the healthcare system, patients and advocates, governors, reporters, entrepreneurs, investors, you name it. It really was a chance for me to see policy on the wild. And I got really excited about this idea of like responsive policy. How can you go out and understand how it's working and bring that back to build better policy? So that really has been the kind of thrust through my career and why we built United States Secure, we care the way that we did. Yeah, that's a great story. And, and thanks for sharing it, Natalie. How stories really vary and how folks end up. Your story is quite unique. And then you had that epiphany, like, oh my gosh, this is healthcare. And I love the concept of healthcare is not a vertical, it's a horizontal. It touches every single vertical 
And the policy that you helped put out there and are currently helping is making a difference. So talk to us about United States of Care. What are you guys up to and how would you say you guys are adding value to the ecosystem? Yeah, it's the best organization doing the best work. <laughs> it, uh, we are a five-year-old um, organization that you can think of us really at the intersection of people, policy, and politics. All of the work that we do to build a better healthcare system is based off of going out across the country and talking to people about their experiences in the healthcare system. I was able to share on stage recently when somebody asked who my constituents were, and I got to say the general public. There's no other organization that is out there trying to find the commonalities across all demographics. What do people want out of this healthcare system? What don't they like? What do they like? And how can we use that to inform healthcare change? And so we know that people want targeted changes. And we know that there are four shared goals that across demographics people share. That is that they want the certainty they can afford their healthcare. Number two is they want dependable coverage as their life changes. Number three, they want personalized care when and how they need it. And number four is they want a healthcare system that's easy to understand and navigate. And that's the one that usually gets people laughing when they work in healthcare. But we know that because we've gone out for years and talked to over 100,000 people in every single state for thousands of hours to really understand the language that people use, the desires they have, the emotions, and using that to drive change. And so we published United Solutions for Care, which is an agenda for reform, which really is based off of those four shared goals that people have. There are 12 targeted solutions that, again, the public said are the ones that matter the most to them. When we started this organization, we were on a mission to prove that people agree more on what they want out of healthcare than they disagree. And often in politics and in policy, we're told that is not the case. And we were we set out to prove that. And we have through this United Solutions for Care and then all of the work that we do underneath that. We use this agenda to drive change at the state level, at the federal level. And we use it to drive a new national conversation about actually what matters and the language that matters to patients, which I'll tell you more about. And then lastly, we have a policy solutions innovation lab where we bring together the people across the healthcare system to build better policy with equity baked into it, but really bringing you know, patients with lived experiences with everybody else who's delivering and building healthcare to build those better policies. Because back to what got me really excited about healthcare is it has to work out in the wild and it has to meet people's needs for it to be impactful. And I think that's often, if not always, forgotten about. Yeah, thank you for that. And Natalie, I'll in the show notes, folks, I'll link up the United Solutions for Care agenda with all the four pillars and the 12 solutions really nicely laid out along with supporting data on the why. So really appreciate you diving into that for us. We'll link up more information for the listeners so they have a place to continue the thinking around our discussion. If you had to talk about what you believe is different or better in the way that you guys approach things? What would you say it is the key differentiator? Yeah, I would say it comes down to that human-centered design aspect that we're bringing to policy change. We often think about human-centered design when it comes to products or in-person experiences. And for me, when we started the organization, it was how do we bring those principles to building better solutions to systemically change our healthcare system? 
one of the things that has garnered a lot of in, in excitement recently is our work that we're doing on value-based care. And so uh, I would love to tell you a second about that. Please. As we go out across the country and we talk to people about the healthcare system, nobody ever brings up terms fee-for-service. Nobody ever brings up the terms value-based care. Um, but they talk to us about the experiences that they want in a healthcare system that for those that are in the movement and in the healthcare system, we know are only possible when this is done through a different sort of arrangement. It's not fee-for-service. So people tell us about, oh, I just wish that a physician would see my whole body and see my mental health the same as my physical and not just see my elbow pain uh, or my back pain, but really see it as a holistic part of my healthcare and, and my experience and what I need. They tell us about the desire for time back where they're not going and talking to all these different physicians and telling them about their medical history or trying to find a podiatrist if they have if they're diabetic, like all mm -hmm. of these things that we know can happen in a fee-for-service world. And so we got really thinking about, okay, how can we be additive to the movement towards more accountable health? And at United States of Care, that always means going back and listening. And so we've had this really interesting project where we've gone out and talked to people a little bit more deeply about these concepts without first, without using the words fee-for-service or value-based care. And you'll see in, a, in some reports that we just put out some really fascinating findings. One is people hate the word value. They hate it. <laughs> they, when we talk to people about it, we talked about like, here's the promise of this, of what healthcare could be. What do you think? And I'll tell you more about what resonated the most with people. And then we'd say, and people call this value-based care. What do you think? And one woman got off mute and she was like, that is not cute. I do not like that term. <laughs> and they talked about how value means in the real world, it means something that's a reduced price. It's value Bergen basement. It is buying the value brand bacon at the grocery store. And it's the last thing they want in their healthcare is for it to be a bargain or somebody having it's to value to who. And so it's very fascinating. And a lot of this work that we're doing is to educate members of Congress about this important move because we've lost a lot of the champions that are were a part of the Affordable Care Act and the value-based care movement. And so language is going to matter here. And when we are potentially maybe losing political support for this on both the left and the right because of a misunderstanding of what it is, if we're trying to enroll people in more value-based arrangements, these are words that are going to matter. I was talking to somebody who is a, a kidney care company that works in a value-based model. And he's like, on my pamphlets, I say value-based kidney care. And I'm like, I think they maybe think you're giving them a valued <laughs> kidney. Like a this discount. isn't going to work. <laughs> and so while this concept, a system that prioritizes whole person health is resonates with people at a four to one margin. So the concepts really do resonate. We need to make sure that we're talking about it in language that matters to people and highlighting the things that really stand out to people the most. And some of those findings are People love this idea of time. And if in this arrangement, they get more time with their doctor, if they get less time in the waiting room, less time bringing their medical history from provider to provider or finding other providers, time is like a huge component of what would matter in this sort of arrangement for people. They see this as a way that they would get this whole centered or full body care. They'd be seen as they really love the idea that somebody would have the time and see them as a full body and help them understand their health and not just push prescriptions or surgeries, but really spend time to see them as one full body. And while we think that we know that 35% of our people 
think that the current system's working well, that 65 don't think that the visits and treatments that they have are getting what they need. And they don't think doctors are able to perform the way that the doctor wants to. They see the system as failing both of them. And if they could get in to see someone, right? Yeah. Soon enough. Yeah. No, I, and it's so great that you guys are focused on this work uh, because you're right. If we can't get to the left or the right with the message that helps people access care more affordably, it's a losing proposition. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I have one one funny story as we were talking with people and there's this one woman who had like one of the best analogies I've ever heard for free for service. And she said, the current healthcare system is like you're in the high school cafeteria line and you have this tray and you put it down in front of somebody and they like schlop healthcare on it. And then they tell you to move down and they schlop more healthcare on it. And we were like, oh my gosh, that's free for service. And we've never described it so well, but that is what the feeling is and the experience is. <laughs> <laughs> that is a heck of an analogy. <laughs> oh man. And when you put it like that, it makes you want to change it. And and I think that's a big part of what you guys are after. If you could point to any trend technology that you think is going to change healthcare as we know it, what would you say the one we should be focused on is, Natalie? I would be trying to mention AI because I do believe that is going to change all parts of our society and the way we interact. And I don't know, I'm still in the place of trying to figure out where what I think about and where the boundaries are. But I think more importantly, finding a way to bring the voice of patients authentically, consistently into all the solutions that we're building, whether those are tech-based, whether it's AI or whether it's policy, I think that has the biggest promise because if we really say that we are there to change the health of people, if we are really there to say we want to be a consumer-driven product or we want to bring something new to market that people will pay for it and roll in or providers or insurers or engage in, or if we say we want to have policy that really changes people's lives, there's just no way to do that without engaging people and engaging people left out of conversations into the mix. And so when I think of AI or, or policies, those have to really truly bring people into the center of it. We've created a people-centered policy approach where we have a very robust methodology on how to do that. And I'm excited to continue to share with people and tell people about how to do it. But I think it's paramount for any of these advances to really make a difference. Thank you for that. Yeah, it's the, the opportunities are big and we have to keep the patient perspective as part of it, no matter technology, no matter if it's policy. So uh, love that that was your answer, Natalie. Look, we're here at the end, really just have enjoyed our conversation. If you wanted to really leave us with a closing thought, what would that be? And what place would you recommend the listeners go to learn more? If they care about the work enough that they donate, tell us more about that. Yeah, well, we I love the word donate. We're here <laughs> on you know Giving Tuesday. We are. You can find us at UnitedStatesOfCare.org. We have. I'm trying to find a more exciting term than the word newsletter, but it is uh, a highly well-read and informative newsletter. So signing up for that and getting that in your email box twice a month would love to hear if it resonates with you. I share 
musings on my LinkedIn profile, Natalie Davis on healthcare and leadership and life and would love, we believe very much that in changing healthcare, we need to bring people together from all parts of the ecosystem with patients at the center at the table. And so would love to continue to spread that network of people that are, they're willing to ensure everybody has access to quality, affordable healthcare and want to be a part of the solutions. Amazing. And folks, we'll leave a link to United States of Care, their website, Natalie's LinkedIn profile, so you could follow her on there. And at the end of the day, make sure you stay connected because that's how we make a difference. And Natalie, I want to give you a big thanks for joining us today. Oh, thank you. Thanks for this podcast. It's a great service to the industry. 